Okay, let's do it. Okay. Ready? I, <laughs> I don't know if I am not ready. Really? <laughs> okay, that's going in the edit. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Kissing Without Lip. I am Kelly. And I am Dex. And today, doing our final recap of The Untamed. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, Untamed should never end. That's just how it is. Listen, in real life, it never ends. Mm. But for the purpose of the podcast, unfortunately, and the, <laughs> the TV show and everything else, it has to end. Damn it. However, what we have to do at the beginning of The Untamed is we always have to talk about, and, and any of our episodes on Kissing Without Lips, it's always good to talk about the nuts and bolts of, of what The Untamed is. What is it? It is a drama and it's called The Untamed. It's based on a book called Modazushi, which is also known as the Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation. Yeah. Yeah. It was made in China. There are 50 episodes. It aired from June the 27th, 2019 to August the 7th, 2019. Originally, it was shown on Tencent Video as live action. And the duration of each, each episode is around 45 minutes. The content rating, which I never really read out before, but I am going to today, is 15 plus. Why? Tell us. I don't know. Well, it's because it's BL. Well, I mean, it's not even that. It's undercover BL. <laughs> it totally is. Now, th- this brings us to the point, doesn't it? The Untamed is a canonical classic of Dan May. And tell mm. us again what Dan May means. Dan May is sort of like a romantic... Do um, you romanticize the um, male-to-male relationship kind of story? So it's written from a female perspective. It mm. means indulgence in beauty. Ah, uh, yeah. And to quote the lovely Dex here in her episode notes... It pretty much means boy love. Yeah. <laughs> Which we are getting more of later oh. in the season. Oh yeah. And we but then we're going from like um rating fifteen to rating twenty one. Oh yeah. So um where did we leave things? Where where did we leave? I believe we came all the way to episode thirty, so mm-hmm. The last, well, we had some sad uh, things with Ning dying, but then being resurrected, and Lanshan and, um, or, yeah, Lanshan and uh, Wei Ying kind of being on good terms, but not really in a place where they could stay together. So, uh, Wei Ying stayed in uh, the burial mounts. And uh, Lanshan went back to Gozu clan. So just to talk about Wei Ying in the burial mound, this is very much Wei Ying's domain now. It's his dominion. And the the point of it is, is that, you know, just to recap, that the the Wen clan dropped him off in the burial mound from a great height. Mm. I guess his vengeful approach comes from a place of literally being left in the dark to rot. Yeah. Also, the fact that the Wens are pretty evil. 
Now, how evil do you think that the Wens can be from episode 30 onwards? I mean, they probably have a fight or two <laughs> sort of in them, but uh, what I think now is more... I mean, I think Wei Ying has this kind of conflict idea or sort of like relationship with Wen clan because, I mean, he, he really hates them for what they have done to him, of course. I mean, who wouldn't? But that's only part of it. It's it's the sort of the new rulers of the Wen clan. The rest of them, the sort of like ordinary people of the Wen clan, are with him in the burial month at this point, and they're Correct. sort of like creating this um, little safe haven there, where because no one wants to go into the burial month, so it's a perfect spot. He sort of like helps them, but still is against them. Well, he's the yelling patriarch now. Mm. So he's had this kind of rise to a degree of power. People are afraid of him. Where everything else around him has pretty much fallen apart. I think he already saw the writing on the wall. And so he was ready to set up his own... Mm. Effectively a clan. It isn't really. It's a community. Yeah. Less than a clan. Because clans usually associate with you know, violence or war or whatever, when actually, as you say, the people of the Wen clan, in inverted commas, they're, they're called the Shishan Wen people, aren't they? Mm. They are people who have been sort of subjugated by the Wens. As yeah. we saw when they brought all of the clans together, removed all of their weapons and started to indoctrinate them, Wei Ying has emancipated these people they're free mm. but they decide to stay with him which i really like and they don't really have like the hierarchy kind of thing that clans usually have it's more like you say it's a community they're living there together and sort of helping each other and yeah sort of like becomes this big family really so fast forward one year and uh jim ruland's born Yes. And the, the four clans talk about whether they're going to bring Wei Ying to uh, Chimrilan's one-month celebration. Obviously, the one-month celebration is like a, a big thing in uh, ancient China and in modern-day China. It's something that we don't really do in the West, but it's kind of a big deal in Southeast Asia. When a child is born, you nurture and support that child for 30 days and then you celebrate its, I guess, survival and its ascension to being a real person, you know? Mm. So everybody comes together and it's a big party. In the end, I think the peacock relents and suggests that they use this opportunity to get Wei Ying back in the band. Yeah. <laughs> And also to hand over the Stygian tiger seal. Yeah, and I think in general, um, I mean, Wei Ying's sister would not really... I mean, she would be devastated if he wasn't allowed yeah. to come. You know what, though? I got really pissed off because... I, I just think it's really bad that you invite someone to a party because they've got something that you want. Mm -hmm. Poor old Wei Ying has literally got enough on his plate right now without having to explain reasons why he's not going to hand over this Digit Tiger Seal. Yeah. They're very wary of him. 
they're pretty afraid of him now because he's all powerful and he's got in tow a zombified member of the Wen clan. It's, it's a scary time, I appreciate, but the, the last thing you kind of want to do is sort of say, oh yeah, by the way, don't forget to bring the Stygian tiger seal with you. Like, yeah. he's not going to get, he's not going to hand that over. Come on, you idiots. If friendship is about what people own, the lesson that I take from the Untamed is that I wouldn't want to be friends with any of the other clans. And that nope. includes the Gusus, to be honest, because Lan Wanji is part of that. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of, I don't know how to pronounce or say this very nice, but they kind of have a stick up their ass. Yeah, but I mean, just saying that to somebody like, oh yeah, you can come to the party, but don't forget to bring that thing that everybody really yeah. wants and everyone's been warring over. And that includes the guy that you really fancy, stroke love. He's tasked with actually going to Wei Ying and saying, come to the party. Yep. Ugh, what a mess. So this is like becoming a classic like soap opera <laughs> if it wasn't already and it definitely is now yeah this this journey to the one month anniversary is quite interesting at the moment where you see you know them them sort of saying hey lan shan don't forget that you've got to bring wei ying and his stygian tiger seal no soon as that happens something really weird happens on the way to the landing ginseng yeah. I mean, there is um, some people that kind of um, thought they would take the opportunity to um, ambush Wei Ying on the way there. Uh, and Wei Ying was super happy about actually going. Uh, I mean, he bought like presents and even made presents for the kid. Um, but yeah, some people did not want him to get to the actual party. So they get ambushed and, well, um, Wei Ying and um, Wen Ning get the ambushed on their way there. Yeah. And what happens? It starts with them uh, seeing uh, people on the uh, cliff next to them, right? Mm -hmm. With like bows and... Uh, I don't remember exactly who he Oh yeah, it's one of the Wens, right? So, yeah, it's always the Wens. So they want to pretty much take the the iron. Well, because they get into a dispute with him, don't they? They get into this sort of argument yeah. with Wei Ying, and Wen Ning obviously is the strong arm of of Yiling, and so he sort of sticks up for his master. I mean, let's face it, Wei Ying is now his master. Yeah, I mean, he is pretty much bodyguard at this point. They have but, a fight. I mean, but yeah, the Wens, the Wens really... Um, I think they want to kill Wei Ying at this point. They don't want to just get the... Stygian tiger seal, the chin yes, iron. the chin iron. Well, they want pretty much just to um, kill him and take it. Instead of just having him handed over at the party, so... That's why Seems they're... like such a weird out of character event though to sort of do that when you know how close your wife is to the guy that you're trying to take the seal from. Well, I mean, uh, Jin himself, he he wants it to be handed over, right? He mm. just gets there because he knows that or he hears that there is a um, commotion. So he's not actually the guy who wants to kill 
Wei Ying. Yeah. It's his, um, it's the bad people instead. <laughs> but when when Ning is like off the hook and is going crazy, it's completely out of control. But it's out of control actually at the behest of Wei Ying, which is mm. a little bit naughty because Wei Ying's playing his flute. Yeah, obviously there is a a deep like vein of like evil and badness and darkness that's inside Wei Ying, and yeah. um, it all gets a bit weird because then Jin Sijun ends up dead yeah <laughs> and at the hands of Wen Ning yeah I think also what's weird about how uh, Ning behaves here is uh, something we can see in his eyes because his eyes tend to uh, just shift color uh, when he gets like in this state the ghost general state but here he actually gets if I remember it correctly he has almost like two irises in his eyes so they look completely different at this point but i don't think we get an exact explanation to why that is he definitely kills wei ying's now brother-in-law which yeah not the best situation really no and the the this event ricochets through the entire landling jin sect it, oh, it yeah. literally is the Oh, the most tragic and devastating thing that could possibly happen. Think about it this way. They've gone on this journey, these two, where they didn't like each other, they were forced together, then they sort of fell in love with each other, and now they've had a baby. Jiang Yang Li is in absolute despair at hearing about the death of her husband. Yeah, he dies. She's still around, but she's sad as hell. And then Wei Wuxian is blaming poor Ning. Oh my god, can we just talk about Wen Qing though? Because what I don't like about this part of the Untamed is the amount of attention that they start to pour on Wen Qing and Wei Ying. And mm. I just think these two are not supposed to be in a goddamn relationship together. Yeah. It, this makes me mad as hell. Because well, there are these like touch moments where she's like, oh, I'll look after my brother. And oh, I'm kind of like the matriarch of Yilling. No, you aren't, girl. No, you aren't. <laughs> nope. The matriarch of, of Yilling is Lan Shan. <laughs> I do think there were some discussions about that relationship becoming more sort of like focused on them and the, those two. It just two. takes the edge off but the yeah, room, doesn't it? But yeah, everyone is just pissed off about it, so they had to remove it. I totally don't want it. Yeah. So to get everybody calmed down in a nice state, when Ching comes around with their fancy needles and starts making everyone feel better at the beginning of episode 32, can you, can you like feel how like mad I am about Wen Qing. I just think she's so rubbish. Yeah. I mean, she was good in the beginning, but now she's just like, I mean, just disappear. You don't serve a purpose anymore. Maybe I'm too harsh. <laughs> Wei Ying hears about the death of the Shishan Wen people. Now, this was a shock to me, like, because they die. <laughs> And yeah. he sees the corpses of these people hanging over. And what I really liked about that is that it's a bit of a Simon Gong moment, isn't it? 
because he's staring at everything that he can see from above. So he's looking at the world from a completely different perspective to everybody else. Yeah. And whereas the other clans are all sort of doubling down and trying to stick together, and he wants to see with his own eyes what it is that he has to do to protect both the Stygian tiger seal and try and protect what remains of his former clan and his family mm. and the the clan who have pledged this allegiance to them, the Shishanwen clan. But he sees them all hanging and there are other disciples that are insulting them and this makes him really mad because he thinks, why has everyone gone to war? Yeah. Like already. And well, I mean, if Du feels like the other clans are very narrow-minded, they're only focusing on one thing and they don't sort of try and see the whole picture like he does. Yeah. In doing that, he starts to question some of the clan members' true motives. Mm. And he tries to find out, okay, not entirely peacefully, how this massive problem, which is on the brink of war, can be mitigated mm. off the back of what Wenning did. But also the threat that still hangs over them from the Wen clan. Yeah. And that's got to be sorted out. So there's kind of fighting within fighting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we haven't seen Lam Wanji for ages. No. And suddenly he appears. He tries to talk to Wei Ying and he doesn't want to fight him. He just wants everybody to be calm. But Wei Ying is really mad. His family are dead. Mm. Except for his, like, one brother. And and his sister. And his sister's still alive, but really, it's the, the nails in the coffin, I think, of Yanling Jin sect, you know? That whole period is pretty much over. And if it is over, it's going to get overtaken by other people that are trying to move up inside the sect. Yeah, I mean... That might be Jin Guan Chan. He can never go back. That's what... Uh, Wei Ying can never go back to what what was before. So... But Jin Guan Shan wants to... Wants everybody to fight each other. Yeah. Well, he's so in... He totally... Un- or sort of like... Uh, believes everything that the, the clans are talking about. And, and their narrow-minded view of things. So he, he eats it all up. And he doesn't sort of want to think for himself it feels like sometimes yeah waking gets out some of his dark powers during a fight and it's at that point that lan chan appears and tries to say look just don't do this we can work this out but he's mad as hell and so he's not going to stop and and he doesn't stop loads of people try to attack him and who he's really after is his sister he's trying to get to his sister yeah. Um, and, and he can't. He's being completely separated. They have ostracized him and they think that he is a total threat. You know, Jiang Cheng is an, an absolute asshole during these scenes. Well, during oh. this, this whole fight, because this, this big fight um, 
suddenly have a lot of puppets in it that someone is controlling. And I mean, Wei Ying is of course scared for his sister's life and want to help her, so... Because he would never hurt her, even though uh, he accidentally had uh, Ning kill her husband. But I mean, that was not something he wanted, really. No, it was like really an accident. But, but Zhang Cheng's not going to forget about that. Ever. No, ever. He, uh, he just wants to, he always throughout this, I think, just saying, wanted a reason to hate on his brother. Mm. And now he has the perfect reason to literally go to war yeah. on his own family. And he, and all Wei Ying wants is for everything to be okay. But over the next few episodes particularly, what we find with Wei Ying is he goes to even darker places. I mean, if mm. it's even possible to go darker, he goes there. Mm-hmm. He is really suddenly, physically... He looks like a person who has imbibed vampire blood. I mean, he literally looks like a creature of the night now, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, definitely. Now he's sort of starting to look the part that the other clans sort of have put upon him. Lanjan believes in him. Of course, always. He believes that inside this evil creation that's not of his own creation by the way it's of what happened with the uh, the slaughter tortoise mm. it's what happened from that part there and him being dropped in the burial mounds those were the points of no return for Wei Ying and but Lan Zhan can remember a time when Wei Ying wasn't like that yeah and so he's trying to pull that person out of this evil I don't know what you want to sort of call it. But there is an image, isn't there, where we see Wei Ying, you know, he has um, been in a bit of a fight. He's possibly unconscious or is at least unconscious for a few moments. And he almost looks like a puppet himself. Yeah. And that's the bit that sort of makes me think, oh, God. There's only one way that we can sort of end this. And the way that it's ended really is... And I'm just going to say this because you might not agree with me at all. I can't help but feel like Wei Ying is pushed to the edge of that cliff. Yeah, definitely. He doesn't purposefully go to the edge of the cliff and say, "Okay, I'm done, I'm going to jump off now. It's... Looking at Jiang Cheng that does it during the Sunshot campaign, where he thinks to himself, that's it, my brother is gone. Well, that and also during that big fight, there is suddenly a different flute playing that is controlling the puppets and they're making them uh, pretty much turn on and do stuff that Wei Ying would never have them to do. And but he knows that since it is a flute playing, everyone would assume it's him controlling them. And that sort of like makes him kind of like, he doesn't really want know what to do because now he knows that he's going to be accused of even more things. And the only way the clans will be happy is pretty much if he dies. But I mean, he doesn't want to jump off that cliff. 
like you just sort of like step backwards and it's kind of like yeah starting to lose hope in a little bit just that how am i supposed to get out of this situation doesn't Zhang Cheng say something though like i hate you or something yeah and uh, then the that's what his face is like oh god Lanshan is all as always trying to grab and save him because Lanshan loves him so um but then i think yeah uh then we have that moment where yang sheng is like he says something that he hates him or he wants him to die or something right yeah he tries to stab him doesn't he with his sword um and uh wei wishan he actually gets behind lan shan doesn't he and pulls his sword on his own brother and tries to stab him but he stops just at the point where, because it, because ultimately we know that Zhang Cheng is an absolute coward of the highest order. Yeah, definitely. But but it's a uh, uh, Lan Zhan who reaches out to grab him. Yeah, but it's too late. And we saw this in in at the end of episode or the beginning of episode one, and then mm. we see that in the first couple of episodes, the build up to this point. But because of the Sunshot campaign. Which I have to say, we've catastrophically described. Yeah, uh, definitely. And and I'm going to be even honest and say that it's as badly described in the book. Mm-hmm. I agree. What is interesting about this is that, like I talked about before, they kind of come at the the filming of this story in really interesting ways. Because we're mm. only on, what, episode 32, 33? We've already got to the end, the demise of Wei Ying, and we've got another 17 episodes to go. So it's quite interesting that that chapter is closed off, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, because I mean, this is a drama where where you have like the main character die, Mm. the first thing in the drama. So you kind of get there over and over that this is the end, but it's actually not the end. But now it is. 16 years later again oh god i mean i have many problems with this i'm not gonna lie dex and they all look exactly the same that's like my main problem yeah is why don't they look a bit more like the leader of the of nihuasang sect why don't they look like yeah why don't they look a bit more like him why haven't they got any facial hair (laughs) why haven't they got gray hair I mean, nope, forever young. Lifespans in those days, I'm sure, were not that long. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we get a little bit of nudity. <laughs> Never ever gonna diss anyone for uh, not for providing a bit of nudity. I'm gonna diss you if you don't provide nudity. And we do get to see once again the wonderful Wangy Bo's back. Though I can't help but think to myself. I'm not entirely sure that's his back, you know. And in the same way <laughs> as when we watch Miss the Dragon, yeah. I'm not entirely sure that that's Dylan Wang's body that steps out of the water for the first time. I that's know. Just too ripped. <laughs> it did not look like that in other drama, so it feels kind of weird. Yeah. But the reason why we suddenly see um, uh, Lanshan um, in, well, New, uh, his mm. naked body is because 
Um, when we return 16 years later, mm. we are with Wei Ying and Lan Shan in Lan Shan's room in Gosu um, after they met up all the way in episode 2. So now you have to remember everything that happened back then. But what does this kind of suggest to you about these two? Are they literally just picking up where they left off? Or? Yeah, I think... Um, I think... Lanshad pretty much has waited for this and hoped for this. But I think Wei Ying is more like... Yeah, I mean, he tried to even hide a little bit in the beginning. Uh, from Lanshan and not reveal that it was him. But it didn't go so well. So I think he is the one that's sort of like a little bit more cautious while uh, Lanshan has, I mean, come on. He has been waited and he thought uh, the guy he liked was dead for 16 years. Of course, he's going to be super happy when he see him again, so. Oh, and also the nudity is not them being in the room. Maybe I should have explained that. It's Lanshan being in, in, in the cold spring. Cold spring again. <laughs> Wei Ying sees the scars on his back and knows that Lanshan has been through hell. Yeah. In those 16 years that they've not seen each other. Or Lanshan. Yeah. I know. The relationship dynamic when mm. they had this sort of reunion is quite uneventful. Mm. If I hadn't seen someone that I love for 16 years, I would not internalise those feelings. The last thing that Lan Zhan needs to do, really, I think, is internalise those feelings because Wei Ying certainly has never internalised any feelings. But I guess we have to remember now that Wei Ying's got um, PTSD as well. And yeah. he's got a lot of things that are not really being dealt with. Um, his mental health would have changed massively because he's been to the edge of death and yeah. come back. But I think when it comes to like the feelings and luncheon, it's more like he has never actually learned how to use them or verbalize them or show them in any way. Um, and I guess that's why he's always like stone-faced, but you have to sort of see the little details that he might do. And that's what actually how he feels. It's not really the stiff face that shows how he feels about things. Yeah, and but also, you know, Lan Zhan is, by his very nature, pretty outside of himself when it comes to love. It doesn't feel like it's something that's very natural to him. No. And he's distinctly lacking in a lot of emotional intelligence, which we see quite a lot in these types of dramas. So I don't... I don't mind it too much seeing that, but I just wish that that in these moments it was a little bit closer to the book. Mm. Um, oh God, the book though. I mean, there are some feelings there in the book that they don't show in the in the drama, which I'm kind of sad about. I, I, and I would agree. So we go yeah. to the next set of episodes, and we're in the present now. So what is it that these guys have got to overcome in this last sort of bit? One of the things that they do definitely have to overcome is that there are weird behaviours that are happening in yeah. and around the Gusu clan, around uh, Ye, and they go to investigate something that's happening over in Ye. 
yeah, I believe it's the sword, right? The sword that sort of like um, ha- it sort of moves by itself. So yeah, it's yeah. possessed in a way. What do they think of? Do they sort of instantly go, oh, it must be the Stygian tiger seal? No, not really. They just go out to investigate it. So they head out to uh, Chingye and uh, that's where they bump into uh, Yunling and his dog. And I mean, we have spoken about this before, about uh, Wei Ying's... uh, He doesn't really like dogs. There are some fun moments where pretty much Wei Ying runs screaming through the streets and there is a fluffy, cute dog chasing him. Who does he call to save him? (laughs) Of course it's (laughs) Lanshan. I mean, literally, it's pathetic, isn't it? What (laughs) do you think about it and then, like, get rid of Fairy and put a spider there? Lan Chan is basically everyone's boyfriend. Oh yeah, um, um, completely off topic. What is it with guys and, and being afraid of spiders? I don't get it. Sorry, completely different story. Are you I afraid just... of spiders? No, I think they're cute. Okay, you're weird. <laughs> they're, they're hairy and scary. And they never know what to do. So they just sort of hang around in the wrong places. They're very awkward. Listen, I lived in Australia for a couple of years and I know we've got a couple of Australian listeners. Hello to you Australian listeners. You know who you are. And man, one time I got into my car, I pulled down the like sun visor, sunshade thing in the car and a big hairy huntsman spider landed in my lap. I just about died. It was the size of a dinner plate. He just wanted to get away from the sun, probably, right? Yeah, so don't do it in my car. <laughs> get out of my car. <laughs> it was very scary, okay? So okay. if I had a if I had a Lanjan, I would call him God, I wish I did have a Lanjan. <laughs> I would call him and say please, Everyone should please. have one. Oh yeah. But, I mean, really, I guess we'll talk about it at the end of this, but I'm not entirely sure whether Lanshan would be the perfect boyfriend for me. I'm more of a Wei Ying girl. Yeah, I'm a Lanshan guy, probably. Yep. The dog is seen over, and it just brings their bond closer together. They continue with that investigation, um, and they go and look at some strange events and some dark energy in the area. They look around, and who do they find? They find an unconscious Jinling. And there is a weirdo person hanging around them as well. So Lanchan goes to investigate the weirdo because, you know, and and again, this is another thing that's different from the book. Lanchan is described as being big, muscly, masculine. You know, he's a hard man. He's an enforcer in the Mm -hmm. Gusu clan. It comes off as being a little bit wet in the Untamed, I think, sometimes. Yeah. If we saw him as Lanjan is really supposed to be, he probably wouldn't be Wang Yibo. No, probably no, not. I don't think so. Because he... Poor, poor he, hand. <laughs> he would need to work out a little bit to live up to the book. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, I think so. So Wei Wishan stays and he tries to heal Jinning and... After that, he wakes up, Jinning runs away. Well, he isn't the smartest person in my book. 
And then on top of that, I mean, he is super spoiled because his parents died and everything. So, I mean, he, yeah, he he just needs to grow up, really. But who does Weiging bump into? <laughs> of course, it's his brother. I think, for my money, the mm. moment that Jiang Cheng went and got a little bit, um, I hate you, Wei Wuxian, as mm. he's falling off the cliff. To me, even though he's a cowardly asshole, somehow he's incredibly sexy. <laughs> I don't know what it is about him. <laughs> I think he's just beautiful. I think he's great. Him and uh, the other twin of the twin jades, the lovely Lan Zichen, is... Those two are absolutely gorgeous. I'm... I know I'm, 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 I'm not the biggest fan of Yan Zhisheng. I He's a wimp for me. Character is an absolute wimp, but oh, he's so sexy. And also, no. he's, he's just a couple of lines away from crying most of the time. <laughs> so it's almost as though that's, I'm willing it to happen. That's what why you like him, because, I mean, he isn't... Yeah, he looks like he's about to cry a lot of the times in this drama. I... Now I totally understand why you liked him, then. He has a lot of potential in the crying <laughs> department. He just won't make him cry. We will talk about more of this in season two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Zhang Cheng's not forgiven Wei Ying. Of course not. He because loves he... to remind him about what he did to the young man Zhang sect. Yeah. I mean, he blames pretty much... Uh, Weighing for everything because he, in a way, he, even though he's like a sex, a sect leader now, he's. Were you going to say sex leader then? Because I would think <laughs> Zhang Cheng would be a great sex leader, whatever that is. Then we will end up on on like a different um, age level again here. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think he's just. Even though he is the leader, he's just not. He's not taking responsibility or for anything. He just likes the easy way out of blaming his brother. And it's... yeah. And no wonder then that, uh, I mean, the kid um, is not growing up because uh, Yang Sheng is like giving this kind of immature uh, vibe to Yin Ling. Ah, oh, God. I think that's the that's the main problem for me when it comes to Yang Cheng. It's just that he takes the easy way out and blaming uh, poor Wei Ying for everything. So Zhang Cheng says, tie this asshole up, mm -hmm. keep your eye on him, and little Jin Ling comes in and sets his uncle free. <laughs> The one good thing he starts doing is revolting. Yeah, well, I think he starts to realize, doesn't he, that he's trying to piece together a, a world that he doesn't understand because his mum and his dad are, yeah. are dead. And I mean, everything he knows about the incident comes pretty much from Yang Cheng. I, th I think that, that Zhang Cheng fills his head full of his own indoctrination. Yeah and his own anger and makes him sort of pretty bitter. When he knocks Jin Ling kind of out, he absorbs the dark energy from his body, which I thought was a really weird thing because I thought, 
Ugh, why is Waiting doing that? Why is he absorbing that absorbing that power into himself? But I guess we find out, don't we? A little yeah. bit later on why he's doing it. Even though he's not the biggest fan of Yin Ling or uh, Yin Ling's dog, um, he's still, I mean, he's still his uh, sister's kid, so... Yeah, but he could have disposed of the dark energy. He could have just yeah. got rid of it, but he didn't. He kept it. He, he put it in it himself. himself. Yeah. That means that Wei Ying is like 50% evil and 50% <laughs> good, which is weird because then when we go into the next episode, we mm. discover a nice soft moment, which personally, in normal worlds, this would have ended up in sex. <laughs> but because this is the untamed, it doesn't. And well, instead... In in Korean Korean dramas, it doesn't always lead to sex, at least. In my head, it does. But and I think in the book, it, it is did. the most cliche thing in in like dramas ever. I feel like the piggyback ride. Mm. But in the book, it did end up as being something that was incredibly sexual mm -hmm. and almost a precursor to what would happen next between Lanshan and um, Wei Ying. So Lanshan offers to carry Wei Ying on his back. Wei Ying says no. And Lanshan just says, get on my back, idiot. <laughs> so he does. Piggyback ride. Yeah, he's quite concerned about Wei Ying. Mm -hmm. He's pretty vocal about his concerns. He's yeah. almost the embodiment of the master of uh, the Gusu clan, I think. He's almost become more like the master and less like Lan Zichen, who's the real master. Mm. Um, so they make their way back to an inn and they have like this time to just talk, which they didn't really, I guess, have in the series a lot to do. They never had those sort of touch points where they just sort of talk to each other and Mm. and get closer to each other. I think that was a criticism of The Untamed, is that their, their closeness and the sexual tension really comes from the direction of Wei Ying every single time and not from Lan Zhan. Yeah, definitely. So they make their way back to the inn. Wei Ying asks Lan Zhan how he knew that this Mo character was actually Wei Ying. Because we're mm. 16 years later from you know, all of the episodes that we've just seen. And if you cast your mind back to the first couple of episodes, um, yeah. Wei Ying is inside the body of a, a man called Mo. Yeah, that's also hilarious because he looks exactly the same as uh, Wei Ying as he is now when he's disguised or in the body of Mo. It's like, what? Everybody knows that it's Wei Ying. <laughs> um, yeah. But Lan Chan says that... Wei Ying had told him that it was him. He said, I'm Wei Wushan. But Wei Wushan's like, well, Wei Ying says, I don't, mm -hmm. sorry, I don't remember saying that to you. Anyway, they make it to the inn. They see the lovely, fan-bearing, campy, adorable Ni Sang. And he was a suspicious person all along from earlier. I mean, this guy, I cannot see him on pictures or anything without saying i know nothing i know nothing yeah. right yeah <laughs> it's yeah. sort of just stuck in your head now <laughs> yeah 
And they have this conversation, don't they, about um, the tower where the dark energy is and that it's the burial place for his family, the Ni mm. family. He goes and leaves Wei Ying and Lan Zhan to talk about this sword and that the sword's trying to tell them something that's related to the tower. The sword is pointing in the direction of the tower, right? Yeah. They think it's got something to do with mm. Ni Ming Jue, who is the guy who died um, yeah. like uh, before the Sunshot campaign when they took down all of the, the sects, when the Wens took down all the sects. Yeah, it was when the Wen clan, uh, they charged in on the Ni clan and killed a lot of people and he was killed during that fight. But as we remember, he's not actually killed by any of the Wens at that point. So they go to Mo Village and they discover, well, Wei Ying discovers because he's been away for a little bit. He didn't know that both Song Lan and Zhao Jingchen have been missing, mm. which is like odd because these two are the non-sect warriors that yeah, just exactly. travel the world. So even for them to go missing just seems like, oh, well, it's a bit like when you lose a cat. And then that cat shows up a little bit later on. They're very independent of everybody, so there's no way to tail where they would be at any particular time. They're just somewhere in the world. They could be anywhere. Mm. But they're also pretty powerful, so I mean, they should be able to handle themselves. I think that's how at least everyone thinks when they go missing. And yeah, if you're a traveler, it's kind of hard to sort of suspect when and when you actually are missing or if you're just not around. They go to this sort of restaurant in Mo Village and they talk about or they hear about our lovely boy. <laughs> the bad boy. The real bad boy of Ante. Chue, yeah, yeah. Chue Yang. Yeah. And yeah. I just think, um, oh, when anybody mentions his name, when anybody talks about him I just melt because he's absolutely beautiful and <laughs> yeah and then then we're about to get to a point in this drama which I love a lot <laughs> oh yeah so they have like a little bit of a discussion about oh yeah you know life's quite interesting isn't it da, da, da. and they're drinking alcohol of course they're drinking alcohol because Wei Ying loves drinking alcohol yeah so they're drinking alcohol but Lan Chan isn't drinking any alcohol, weighing is. He takes a cup of it and just as he's about to put it to his mouth, Lan Chan pulls the cup from out of his hand and he drinks the rest of the, the booze. Mm -hmm. We know things are going to happen if Lan Chan is drinking alcohol because he can't really handle it at all. So, yeah. so he gets he, he gets totally wasted. <laughs> Absolutely. So after drinking too much, Lan Chan gets put to bed by Wei Ying. Mm -hmm. But actually what happens in the run-up to that, I mean, do you feel like you want a, a little bit of chicken? I know that I always feel <laughs> as though I'd like a little bit of chicken. Um, what is the deal with the chicken? <laughs> well, we, <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. I, I, I mean... The highlight of this drama for me is Lanshan being drunk. I'm not sure why, but it's 
ah, he's the best when he's drunk. He's completely wasted and he's sort of like, he's not the in your face uh, annoying kind of drunk. He's just a sort of like doic, totally out of it kind of drunk. I'm not sure. The type of person who talks a bunch of crap and then falls asleep. Yeah. (laughs) Not the type of person who causes mayhem and carnage. He's just a person who just talks a load of crap. And then falls asleep. He's one of and those do guys. and do things that he would consider bad if he wasn't drunk, but no one else would think it's that bad. No, like stealing chickens. Like stealing chickens. But meanwhile, Wayings like left him to sleep. Yep. That moment where he puts him to sleep, actually, he puts him on the bed. It's really quite lovely, mm. and I feel like given half a chance. Certainly in the book, I think, around the time that this happens, mm. Wei Ying literally is naked. It just takes his opportunity. Yeah. In the book. I think I would do the same, to be honest. Oh, well, that's a terrible <laughs> thing to say. I didn't mean it. Um, you totally anyway, did. No, I totally did. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Wei Ying, is he cheating on Lan Zhan because he sneaks out? Nah. Never. Ah, he sneaks out to go and talk to Ghost General. Yeah, when Ning. Hmm. He goes out to find him, and when he finds him, he realizes that Wen Ning isn't conscious because of the two needles on the back of his head, which his sister has obviously put there to kind of keep him in check. So Waking takes the needles and frees Wen Ning. Yeah, so Ning becomes his normal, cute self. Yeah. Which is kind of fun that I'm saying that about someone named Ghost General. Do you love his lovely (laughs) hair? Yeah. His hair's beautifully wild, isn't it, in this? Because everybody else is so, like, in Uh, control of how they look, but not... Yeah, they they don't have, like, one hair strain in the wrong place. But I think, in general, how they styled him when he's the ghost general, like with the uh, black uh, torn clothes and the, the chains and the hair. For some reason, it just works really well and it's such a big contrast compared to everyone else. Mm, I like it. It's really nice. Mm. And I think the dude that plays him is just such a great actor as well. I think yeah. he's, he's great. Um, they connect with each other. They find out about the whereabouts of each other. But then... They're interrupted by a drunk <laughs> Lanjan who is just off his face. Yep. <laughs> so again, Wei Ying takes Lanjan back to the inn, but of course they've got lost at a farm on the way, and he's really drunk. He's got the chicken, and Wei Ying ends up carving Lan Wanji was here on a pillar. <laughs> I mean that that's that's such a sort of like like a kid's prank kind of thing. I'm going to write something on a pillar and I'm gonna try and steal a chicken. That's how bad Lanjan becomes. That's like so that's his level of badness, which is just hilarious. But he just talks some sense, doesn't he? He just starts to talk about why couldn't I save you? Mm-hmm. Why didn't I 
save you and, and that I've been looking for you for 16 years and all the truths, you know, they say uh, in vino veritas, you know, mm. we tell the truth when we've had a drink. Yeah. And definitely this is Lanjan's in vino veritas moment because he, he tells Wei Ying all of the things that Wei Ying's been waiting 16 years to hear. Yeah. And this is also how we see how, how sort of kind of tortured he been with his own thoughts for those 16 years. Now, the other guys in the Gusu clan think that he's really stuck up anyway. So mm -hmm. nothing's really changed in 16 years. But he's very distant from the rest of them. And he's probably very distant from the rest of the clan by virtue of the fact that the person he loves literally disappeared. And he's yeah. never really gotten over it. So he's been like in mourning for a really long time. Yeah. And speaking of mourning, the next morning... <laughs> See what I did there? That's nice cool, one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They decide to to sort of gate crash these other disciples that are on a night hunt. And they see uh Jin Ning and Lan Zizhui and they uh, encounter this like masked man and Lan Zhang goes after him, but Wei Ying stays behind to take care of any of the disciples because they start getting poisoned. So they yeah. had this like poison in them. And so with the help of uh, Jin Ling and Lan Zizhui, Wei Ying makes the soup to cure the poison. In the book, this is different because this happens a little bit earlier on in the book, I think. It mm. happens before the Sunshot campaign. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. And it happens with different in different circumstances with different characters. So it's mm. kind of quite weird. The disciples complained about how spicy the soup is and uh, Wei Ying just like shrugs it off and says, it'll help you. He, he's basically saying it'll put hairs on your chest, stop complaining. Yeah, exactly. Which we know will never happen in Southeast Asia. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> maybe it'll put hairs on their nipples or loads of hair under their arms. Jesus Christ. These guys, groom the armpits for heaven's sake. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally too much information in this uh, mm -hmm. podcast today from me. I'm so terribly sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> we're, we're both having sort of like asshole kind of days. So yeah, we, we're yeah. It's we just have to roll with it. This mysterious figure approaches them, and Wei Ying is like, oh my god. It's uh, Zhao Zichen. That is like a real shock because him and Song Lan have been missing for a really long time. Another person appears and it's Song Lan. Yep. But they start attacking Wei Ying and the disciples, which is so weird. They fight against everybody. The mysterious person who's Zhao Zichen is actually Sure, young in disguise. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that naughty boy's back, and I'm so freaking happy. This whole thing with like uh, Xiao Xiexian and and uh, uh, Xiexian. Oh God, no, I pronounced that wrong. Xiexian. Ah, uh, yeah. I can't. I my Chinese pronunciation sucks. Um. Dex I'm is working doing Chinese on... lessons, everyone. So I'm, wor just I'm working on it. How's that going? How's what's... that all going? 
<laughs> bad, <laughs> so bad. There's too many shh sounds in in Chinese for me. <laughs> but yeah, um, that whole story with those two, I think that should be a completely drama. They should make a spin-off drama with them. They did, didn't they? They did. Um, they took out like twenty episodes, I think, and just focused on focused on two things didn't they they focused on the relationship of uh, Wei Ying and Lan Chan and they focused on the whole business with uh, Xue Yang uh, Song Lan Xiao and uh, Zhao Zichen yeah they should have made a, a proper drama out of it I know actually they did some spin-off also with um, Wen Ning like a ghost general thing I have not seen that yet so they actually uncover Zhao Zingchen's real body. He has been... Yeah. He has been killed, obviously, by that naughty little boy, Xue Yang. I don't know why I call him a naughty little boy. It's just that he's so naughty. He is naughty, but that's... that's. I mean... That's his appeal, isn't it? But he. I'm not sure if he's a boy compared to the rest of them he should well be in the book he's age, supposed right? to be yeah in yeah. the book he's supposed to be 14 yeah at the time that the sunshot campaign happens definitely so, not in the drama though at this point he's supposed to be like 30 i suppose because it's 16 years later mm. no one's counting <laughs> the idea of me calling him a naughty boy is that he's so much younger than everybody else in the book yeah that um he's seen as like being this little scoundrel this little uh, kind of just yeah just a little rogue and he's naughty he doesn't belong to any sect and he's just generally evil and does it, horrible things he's kind of like a, a yago character he's sort of like um he sides if it suits him he sides with people if it suits him and his needs but he's not really siding with them. He's just sort of like making them believe he sides with them. So he's, yeah. So they they stumble across, Wei Ying and Co stumble across this mute girl that they'd seen earlier. And she's revealed to be arching. Wei Ying uses his powers to see into her past to mm. try and piece together what has happened here. And it's weird. Arshing pretends to be a blind girl who goes around scamming people for money. She meets this like blind guy who is Zhao Xingchen. Yeah. And she ends up following him. And they both meet an injured Xueyang. And not realizing who he is, because he's blind, Zhao Xingchen ends up helping Xueyang. And we know already, don't we, what a naughty, naughty boy Zhuo Yang is and what he's already done to Songlan. Yeah, I mean, he's been killing everything and everyone, really, and, like, wiping out clans and stuff. So he's not um, the nice guy. He's the bad boy, of course. And, of course, he's been tricking... He's been tricking him into killing people by poisoning them, cutting out their tongues so they can't speak. Yeah. But Xiao Shishan is also like this super nice person already before. So even though he's blind and can't see who it is, he of course he's going to help. That's yeah. just in his nature. So 
It's a really weird relationship between Zhuyang and Zhao Xingchen because, and Song Lan, because um, this is a weird threesome. Hmm? There is a whole heap of domination and submissive discussions that need to be had around these three. And yeah, if they're... you read the book, there's something deeply sexual about what is going on in yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, already before we saw this sort of like this bond between uh, Zhao Xixian and uh, Song Lan, and then suddenly Xu Sheng comes up and sort of like kind of takes fancy to Xiao Shishan and then it's like I mean who was yeah so but then there you have another sort of typical the bad versus good couple in a way which is well Wei Ying and Lan Chan isn't really good versus bad they only portraying the good versus bad when it looks on the look side because they have like the black and the white but I mean Wei Ying is never really bad bad and Lan Shan isn't he's supposed to be good but there's a little bit of bad in him yes that's why I like him these puppets are called fierce corpses and Xie hmm. Yang has the power to turn people into fierce corpses yes so they have a big fight, mm-hmm. and Wei Ying intervenes and pulls the needle out of Wen Ning's head, and that immobilizes him towards Song Lan. And he takes out the needle uh, in Song Lang's head as well. And the needle out, everyone's consciousness, he believes, is going to return to normal. And mm-hmm. so it's not an act of kindness, more that it's an act of let's just get this done because we need to figure out what the hell is going on with Xue Yang. Yeah. And in the next episode, Wei Ying confronts Xue Yang. And again, he confronts Xue Yang not the way that he confronted him in the past. He confronts him with a different knowledge and a different set of information and he's not nervous to Mm. square up to Xue Yang because he's a different person now. Um, whereas before, Zhuo Yang was very kind of mercurial and volatile. And it was a bit scary for everybody. Mm. But now it's not. So uh, Wei Ying is able to injure Zhuo Yang, takes one of his arms off. Song Lan appears and they finish Zhuo Yang off. And it feels like it's a good death because everybody who is watching this is thinking to themselves, finally... It's again like what I said last time in a in a previous sort of episode. When you kill the head vampire, everybody should go back to normal. Mm. And and it's almost as though Wei Ying believes this every time that something sort of happens. He thinks, well, if I take this person out, then everything will return back to normal. And yeah. then potentially Lan Zhang will accept me for who I am and thank me for helping. So if you cast your mind back to the lesson that they had over at the cloud recesses sort of early on where they were talking about um, the possession of bodies and the demonic, the various demonic guises that ghosts have or the undead has. 
It's as though throughout his life as both Mo and as Wei Ying, he experiences every single one of those things that the Master talked about in those early episodes. Yeah. And here he is, you know, just about to take Xue Yang's life when Song Lan reveals what happened to Zhao Xingchen. Mm. He says that Zhao Xingchen finally realises who Xue Yang was and what he did to his friend. Unable to forgive himself for his wrongdoings, Xiao Xingchen committed suicide. Mm. Poor guy. Oh, because all along he was a nice person and he was possessed by badness. And yeah. don't we look at that, I do anyway, when I watch that episode and think to myself, that is exactly what has happened to Wei Ying. Yep, pretty much. He's a nice person who's been possessed by some darkness. And the darkness in Zha Jing Chen's case is Zhu Yang. Mm. But when it comes to Wei Ying also, he's possessed with darkness, but is not really, I mean, it's not to the degree which everyone then makes it up to be. Mm. So everyone sort of makes him uh, a worse of a person, that they, they think he's worse of a person than he actually is. Mm. And mm. it's kind of hard to fight that kind of thing. Where they found Zhao Jing Chen's body, they also find another coffin underneath yeah. it. And that is the seat of the dark energy because mm -hmm. it's near McDre's body. Yeah. And it's um, covered in darkness. It's covered in darkness and uh, there is one thing that's missing though. And it's his head. Mm. It's just the body. So that night, Wei Ying, Lan Zhan meet up with Lan Zichen. Now, it's lovely to see Lan Zichen again because one, he's absolutely beautiful. And two, it's like going home to take your boyfriend officially to the parents, you know? Mm -hmm. And finally, Lan Chan is saying, here you go, here is Wei Ying. I mean, he's wearing his Mo mask, but Lan Zichen's not a fool. Yeah. And he's finally sort of saying, my boyfriend's home. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all like, yeah. Can I just have a weird moment here? Yeah. Lancy Shan, his clothes, I mean, he's always impeccably clothed, uh, sort of dressed and looks mm. awesome. But for some reason, why is his sort of clothing always ending a little bit too high up? It feels like, it feels like he's one of those guys who has too short pants. Is it just me? No, it isn't. Everyone else have these amazing clothes that sort of like flows perfectly. But he has sort of like that weird, goofy edge. Or yeah, it's just a little bit too short and it looks kind of hilarious. Maybe he's too tall. I was going to say maybe he's too tall, but also I would <laughs> say that maybe it's his awesome chest underneath that outfit that is like lifting the hem of his uh, Dao power up. I okay, then then my uh, sort of like saltiness is going to me near. It's mm. like, I mean, Chinese people, they need more chest in general. Even him. I'm sorry. Even I'm, totally him be I'm totally behind it. But I must say <laughs> that, that Lanzi Chen has got the best chest in the out of all of the untamed boys, I'm going to say. 
At least that we have seen. Yes. That we have seen. <laughs> That's salty but great. And uh, I 100% yeah. agree with everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so they need to get some clues about how Ming Dre died. Yeah. And why there's just a body there and no head. So mm-hmm. Wei Ying goes with the twin jades to Lan Ling. But he goes as Mo. Yep. He meets like Jiang Cheng and some of the Lan Ling Jin sect members. You can guess who his nephew. Um, yeah. Wei Ying sneaks out of the banquet and he's still posing as Mo. Mm. Jin Ling shows up and defends him, but ends up getting bullied himself by some of the Lan Ling Jin sect members. So to help him, Wei Ying teaches him some moves so he can defend himself in the future. Again, this is another way that, like, the the beautiful Jin Ling is pulling away a little bit from his uncle's control. Yeah. And he's accepting his new uncle, Wei Ying, being back in his life. So yeah. Wei Ying uses his little paper dolls. <laughs> um, Dex has got one on her fridge. Well, I have uh, no. It's on not on my fridge. I have one on a notebook, and the other one I'm still looking for a good spot to place. Well, I have she, stick, sticker versions of them. She's got a couple of stickers that are paper <laughs> dolls from the Untamed. They look kind of like gingerbread cookies. Yeah. But gingerbread <laughs> cookies talismans, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's weird, isn't it, that Jin Guangyao, like is even married <laughs> yeah well i mean that marriage is um questionable I would that's say. salty he's just a boy <laughs> a man in love with someone yeah so he has this argument with his wife wei ying uses these paper dolls to sneak into Jin Guangyao's room for some clues. He has a hunch about something and usually he's right. So he, the, the paper doll witnesses everything that's happening inside the hidden room and it allows Wei Ying to enter the room and get a little bit closer to the action. And what does he find when he gets there? Well, he finds a room that has a lot of treasures in it and in one of the bookcases there is this uh, shelf that has like, not curtains, but sort of like cloth hanging and there is like writing on it. So he sneaks in behind it since he's the paper doll and he finds the head of Ni Mengyu. That's kind of like, now we're starting to see <laughs> the real um, sort of face of uh, Jin Guangyao because before he always played a sort of super nice guy. Super apologetic, really. Yeah, super polite, the perfect host. But now we know that there is something more to him for sure. He isn't what he's sort of like trying to portray um so Wei Ying uses this opportunity to try and see inside 
naming Dre's memories mm. and tries to find out how he died yep. so that he can discover who did it. And yep. Wei Ying sees loads of memories and they're all memories that are between Ming Zhe and Jing Guangyao. And it's yeah. from the time when he joined the Qing'e knee sect right up to the point where he died. And one of the memories is of Lan Zichen mm-hmm. teaching him a musical technique in the hopes that it will help Ni Mingju. And Jin Guangyao messes with it and uses it against him. So Ni yeah. Mingju just becomes crazy and ends his own life. Yeah, pretty much. Um... The, the song that he was supposed to be playing to calm him down and sort of make him de-stress. Instead, he changes a few notes of it and that will make him more... and It pretty much have the reverse effect. So he pretty much becomes more uh, chaotic in his own mind and it drives him crazy in the end. And it's weird because... Ni Huai Sang's there as well. Mm. And and I just kind of think, like, again, this is an example of reasons why you are a rubbish master of your own sect. <laughs> because you refuse to take the lead each time and you're just controlled by everything else that's happening. Mm. It felt weird to me. Anyway, I don't know about you. Wei Ying tells Lan Zhan and Lan Zichen about this mysterious room mm. and they go off to confront Jing Guangyao and they're stopped by the landling. Those landling dudes, the landling Jin people are absolute idiots every goddamn time. It's as though there is nothing going on between their ears like at all. They yeah. are just constantly in a situation where they're totally defensive and they don't have any reasoning or motivation for that. No, that whole sect is pretty much we look pretty and we have a lot of money, but that's about it. We don't, we're not smart and we can't do anything right. At least that's how I sort of interpret that whole sect. They're not... Sounds like another sect that I've heard of before. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> that eats lotuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so... Jing Guangyao is very sort of, I'm innocent. Come in to my hidden room and see how innocent I am. But they see this unconscious wife of Jing Guangyao. Can we she talk might, about she... the wife? Whose sister? He, They are actually sister or brother and sister, I think, right? That's something that comes out. So it's just this weird as marriage do you mm. not remember this no i completely remember it but i mean this incestuous relationship is not a relationship i think that has been um uncovered yet no well it's not that i think it's just not a relationship that that jing guangyao sees as being wrong no, I he think... doesn't. He doesn't. But uh, I mean, that also shows a little bit his character that he is. Yeah, I mean, he's this perfect, smart, uh, 
facade and then he's like this twisted little man behind it. Well, I think that's the point, isn't it? This mm. whole kind of empire that he's built for himself is built on lies. Yeah. And it was hinted at in the first few episodes when they go over for the sort of sect conference. Mm. Um, it is hinted at, you know, by the guys at the back of the room that are like, his mother's yeah. a whore. Exactly. And he's pushed, he's like thrown between sects and now he's with this sect and, you know, mm. but he used to be with this sect. And it's like, there's something wrong with him. Um, Definitely. And, and that thing that's wrong with him, initially we find really, we're sympathetic towards him. Mm. But when we do uncover and discover that he's, you know, married his sister <laughs> and that they had a kid. Yeah. It's a bit sort of, ooh. Anyway, she wakes up and commits suicide. Yep. And Jing Guan Zhao pretends to be devastated from her suicide. And I mm. just kind of go, oh, that's pretty sick. He tries yeah. to make the situation worse by placing it on Mo. Oh, yeah. Who is Wei Ying. So he tries to attack him. And Lan Zhan defends him. But then obviously his identity gets revealed to everybody. And Jing Wang mm -hmm. Yao uses this opportunity to to say, you're the one that deceived everybody. It's your fault. The reason why we're all in this mess is because of you, Wei Ying. Yeah. But Lan Chan steps in and says, listen, don't talk about my boyfriend like that. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> and the anyway, reason... that's what happened in my head. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why Wei Ying gets uh, sort of outed at that situation is because his sword that can only, uh, how do you say it, unsheathed? Do you say that when you yeah, when yeah. you pull the, yeah. Uh, you can, he can only, he's the only one who can uh, unsheathe his sword. And his sword is there in the secret room. And he accidentally unsheathes it. And um, yeah, that's how they can tell that it actually is Wei Ying and not Mo. So Subian is back in the game. Totally. <laughs> I love Subian. Um, and it it's looks also, like a stick. It really does. <laughs> but it's also the Chinese word that I hear the most now in sea dramas. Yeah. Is uh, Subian. Because young people just say whatever a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I hear Subian more than anything else that I hear in Chinese dramas. <laughs> so Jin Ling gets a little jab in at Wei Ying um, as he tries to escape mm. and uh, it pretty injures um, Wei Ying like a lot actually yeah. so after this whole like deception thing argument happens and Lan Zhan jumps in to defend his BF mm -hmm. Wei Ying tries to to get him to be ignorant about him being Wei, Wei Ying yeah. But 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 Lan Jan's like, no, I'm staying with you. And then as the two escape, you know, <laughs> little old Jin Ling sort of goes stab stab. <laughs> and uh, poor old Wei Ying ends up bedridden. What a shame in Busu yeah. Land sect. So he he's in the cloud recesses, in Lan Jan's bed probably, mm -hmm. and suddenly waking is all in white and that symbolism of those two together in white is very sort of I know that he's healing from 
this uh, injury that he's picked up from Jin Ling, but geez, I mean, talk about, could you symbolize <laughs> that connection any further of what might have just happened? Yeah, exactly. It looks more like, um, almost like a, a, the day after a wedding night, almost. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Lan, Lan Zichen, hears about everything that's happened and he's like no no Jin Guangya would never do this he yeah, wouldn't because do he this. has he has this big connection with him and well, of course been, because been it, this, initially this go on, sorry. romance going on between them so I mean he's is totally it a bromance or has is it a bromance or did something happen between those two I am convinced that something happened between these two yeah convinced of it don't tell me that nothing happened between these two, it did. I I totally think... Yeah, I totally think so. Yeah, yeah. So he sort of implores him, look, it is Jing Guangyao that might have killed Ni Mingjue. Mm. And he used the musical technique that he got from you, Lan Chen, and he's like, no, 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 no. Are you sure? Oh my god. <laughs> I might be responsible for everything that's happened. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of makes him go a bit, oh, shit. <laughs> now what? So Lan Zhan goes off to attend to some matters and he leaves Lan Zichen and Wei Ying together on their own. Mm. And Wei Ying asks about these scars on, on Lan Zhan's back. Yeah. And he reveals that he got these scars as a form of punishment for breaking the sex rules by defending Wei Ying. Mm. And Lan Zhan was also forced into seclusion for three years to reflect upon himself. I mean, my God, if it's not bad enough that that he fell in love with somebody, he also gets punished for it. Yeah. And then he's punished further by being taken out of society for three years and effectively imprisoned. Yeah. In both his own mind and inside his own sect. I mean, that's got to send Lan Shan to the, to the edge. So being able to see Wei Ying again and be in this life and his world, mm. I wouldn't want to let Wei Ying out of my, my sight, I tell no. you. I would that, want to be with him all the time. And that's what we pretty much see also. It's this sort of determined... Determined as, as soon as he understands that it's weighing again, then he's like, Yes, you are here and we are going to be together no matter what. And it's not like a strong emotion, he's just completely determined. And that's what we see. Lancy Chen also coughs up this information about what happened in the past with their, their dad. That mm -hmm. they talked about in the first kind of four episodes, especially as Wei Ying and Lan Zhang got a bit closer together. Yeah. And that their father had fallen in love with their mother and brought her back to the Gusu land sect. Everyone was opposed to it from the beginning. He imprisoned her and secluded himself and left the two boys to be raised by uh, Lan Chiren. And yeah. then after their mum had died, Lan Shan was so hurt, he'd just go and wait for her to come back. Yeah, I mean, that, it kind of helps explain how Lan Shan became Lan Shan because he's like, he didn't have an easy uh, childhood at all. And then it's like, 
he got to see his mom what was it like every now every was it once per week or once per month or something they were allowed to visit her and then she uh, suddenly disappeared he thinks uh, because I mean he didn't get all the information at the time when he was a kid and then she just doesn't show up anymore poor luncheon <laughs> it must have been so sad but it explains the way that he is with Wei Ying as well because mm. he does have this tenacity and he yeah. just wants to hang on to everything that he cares about and it's very possessive that's why he hangs on and in the book you know he uses the term mind quite a lot because yeah he is very sort of territorial and possessive over what is his because he's lost so much mm-hmm. and so you know feeling a little bit down and whatever it's a bit of a low moment um lanjan comes back from wherever it was that he was and has brought some emperor's smile for Wei Ying, who is obviously deeply thinking about what he's just learned about the man he loves and he's enjoying it <laughs> and they start talking about jing guang yao also just just a super quick one that scene when they're talking in lanjan's place and and it's snowing that's pretty magical, isn't it? Yeah. Just the setting and everything. I love that. I totally would I like to go I... to that house in when it snows for some reason. Well, you know, we can go there when that game comes <laughs> out, like later in the year. But if we have to wait any longer for that goddamn game, I'm literally going to make my own cloud <laughs> recesses, I think. I'm just going to do it. For, for the uninitiated to Kissing Without Lips, both Dex and I work in the games industry. We make yep. video games. I am so very tempted as a game developer to just go off and make my own cloud recesses and mm. just host all of my meetings inside <laughs> cloud recesses from now on. Why can't I? We live in a time of the metaverse, for God's sake. Give me what yeah. I want. Exactly. Um, and so they have this discussion about Jing Guangyao and mm. Langshan says that it's got something to do, he's got something to do with the death of Jin Zhuan. And I think that now, because he said that, all of these pieces are falling into place. Mm. So, oh God, this is where it gets like a bit difficult because Lan Chen doesn't realize that he's meddling in business that he doesn't need to be meddling in. He's just trying to make everything better. I appreciate it. Yeah. But when Jin Guangyao arrives at Gusu to talk with Lan Chen, because Lan Chen is the last person on earth who <laughs> believes in Jin Guangyao. So Lan Chen then talks to Wei Ying and Lan Zhan and urges them to go to Yiling. So they set off. And they decide to rest on the way at a nearby house. And it's quite lovely because... Cute and sort of like... Uh, yeah, because we see like an old farmer. friend. See yeah. an old friend, don't we? Definitely. And this is... Isn't this when they're hiding behind like a hay bale or something? Because they're, they're sort of like checking out the house. Um, and then suddenly the owners of the house show up. And they're hiding behind some a hay bale, I think, or it's something. But yeah, the person that um, suddenly shows up and is the owner 
of the house uh, together with her husband and child is little old uh, Yan that was in the slaughter turtle slaughter tortoise uh, cave, right? Yeah. Uh, well, she was in everything, wasn't she? Because she's the peacock's right hand woman, I guess. Yeah, that's sense. true. But Miam is so cute, and it's in a sense it mm. is completely irrelevant to what's happening in the yeah in the main story. But for us as the viewer, it's nice to see that even though the Landling Jin sectors is finished. There's yeah. still a place for her in the world, and she does explain that she still goes on night hunts. So they have that short reunion, then they carry on walking, don't they? And they meet yeah. up with Wen Ning, who's been following them the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's uh, again, doing his very Wenning uh, kind of things and being adorable, even though he's the ghost general. I mean... I have to say bad. that... Um, the, the, the arrival at Yilling is an absolute bust because it's a trap. They're attacked. They hide yep. in a cave, and they discover that the other disciples in the sect are also captive, including Jin Ling. Mm-hmm. That makes Wei Ying a bit pissed off, and so oh. he gets Wen Ning as Ghost General to come and help free them. So Ghost mm-hmm. General comes and just does all of his Hulk smash. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff <laughs> and uh, the leaders of the sex arrive I mean like super fast it's almost as though they sort of um, just transported themselves there yeah um, exactly it's they just appear from nowhere like they were already prepared and just waiting outside the door kind of thing and everybody goes in hiding inside the cave Mm. But the leaders of the sects have decided that they want to go against Wei Ying, but they can't because all of these puppets just arrived, so they all have to go and hide inside the the cave. And Wei Ying has his moment to ask uh, Su She, who's a former member of the Gusu land sect and current mm. leader of his own clan, uh, of his own clan, sorry. And uh, this clan looks a little bit the same as the Gusu, but it gives him an opportunity to start to ask some questions. Yeah. He wants to get to the bottom of what the hell's happened in the last 16 years. Because wow. <laughs> everyone's gone mad. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we can't really blame him because, I mean, it seems to have been a lot of weird stuff happening during those years. So Waking exposes these hidden secrets and he's revealed to be the masked man that's been attacking Wei Ying and Lan Zhang. Um, mm. And before they can catch him, he uses this talisman and disappears. Yep. And Wei Ying says that Xue Yang had created another Stygian tiger seal, which seems really odd to me that it's in the hands of Zhu Xie because, um, first of all, Xue Yang has never ever made a, a thing about the fact that he's smart. He's not smart. He is, no. He's just lucky. And mm. he uses luck to be able to do all of the evil things he wants to do. He doesn't strike me as being anything like Master Wen. So I'm very surprised when they create this Stygian tiger seal. Yeah. Because I just kind of think, 
Um, how did you how did you do that, Shiryan? Because you you're a himbo with a sword. Pretty much. I mean, I, that's something I also reacted to because it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't add up in a way. So Wei Ying, Lan Chan, and Wen Ning, they work together to just defeat all of the puppets and the other sect members have managed to escape because Suchet's disappeared and the puppets are just attack attacking mm. the various sect. Everybody moves off and makes their way to Yun Meng and Wen Ning sees uh, Lan Zishui and asks him for his name and his past because he suspects that Lan Zishui could potentially be this little boy who we mentioned in the previous episode, Ayuan. Yeah, the one who clinged to uh, Lan Chan's uh, leg, leg. Back, back in the day, <laughs> 16 years ago. Isn't it cute though? Because yeah. it's almost like they've created this new generation of the untamed. So mm. these boys are old boys. I can't help but suggest as well, in this episode especially, when we see Zhang Cheng back mm. again, being a douchebag, <laughs> I can't help but think to myself, he's the only one out of the whole crew that seems as though he's got older as a result of what's happened. Yeah. He got Seems older, like but he didn't old. get more mature, though. No. no, I mean, he's bitter as hell. Yeah. Um, but it just seems that, to me, that he is a little bit um, affected mm. by what has happened in the past 16 years. Yeah. Anyway, Jin Ling's crying. He <laughs> wants to get revenge for his dad. Of course. Against Wen Ning, of course. And he's not able to do it. They burst into tears. Uncle Jiang Cheng shows up and is like, boys have to get up. <laughs> yeah. That's and, him in a nutshell. and also let me give you a hug, but also pull yourself together. Um, and of course, Jiang Cheng sees Wei Ying and says, you got the guts to come back to your men? Mm -hmm. But he walks away before Wei Ying can answer him. Do you think that Wei Ying would have gone back to your men? No. Well, he probably would have wanted to and probably would have sort of gone there in secret at some point if he could. But I mean, I think it's still pretty painful and he knows it's not his home anymore. So, so meanwhile, in your Meng, two women are brought in. One of them is called Cece and she was a prostitute. She reveals that Jingguan Shan, that's Jingguan Yao's wife, sister wife, <laughs> <laughs> um, was killed by Jingguan Yao. And the other woman is revealed to be Bi Kao, the former maid of Chin Su's mother. And she exposes that Jingguan Yao and Chin Su are actually half siblings. Oh my God. Yeah. So this is the incest that we were talking about about before that they were half siblings they got married and had a kid pukey yep everybody reached for the bucket because that's the point where we get this information about oh they're the incest crew and that's mm. not amazing no I she, and i, I mean think, don't they talk about something really wrong as well like she tried to have loads of babies or something but they kept dying or something uh, yeah i don't remember because you're, you're all inbred yeah but then again, I mean, uh, 
Jin Kuao Yao was had no problem with it, but his wife definitely seemed to. She doesn't seem to have gone into that um, marriage very willingly. Gross. Yep. That's all I've got to say about that. Really, it's just all totally gross. Just but it, it definitely shows his sort of like just. But then we see that Jin Guang Yao has got schemes, schemes on top of schemes mm-hmm. on top of schemes, and they all become revealed. The sect members start to turn against him and mm-hmm. start chanting to destroy him and the land named Jin sect. Watching the sect members easily turn against their ally, Wei Ying walks away, he doesn't want to be part of it. Him and nope. Lan Jan walk away from the meeting. And I think the reason why is because of the way that Wei Ying was treated in those earlier episodes when they discovered that he'd been in darkness and he'd had that dark energy and mm. suddenly he's volatile, they were very quick to turn away from him. Yeah, so they definitely. And they go to the Jiang family's altar, they pay their respects to the deceased Jiang family and Jiang Cheng shows up and those two have a fight. Of course. <laughs> it's so <sighs> typical. Holy crap. Wei Ying gets injured and then passes out. Mm. And Wen Ning appears and tries to get Zhang Qing to unsheathe Su Bian. Um, yeah. But he, he, he can't un- unsheathe Su Bian. Because. Well, yeah, he shouldn't be. No one should be able to unsheathe Su Bian besides Wei Ying. Yeah. But Wen Ning continues to approach him and demands that he takes the sword. Yeah. Zhang Cheng, being Zhang Cheng, pulls the sword from his hands and unsheaths it. He's shocked that he was able to do it because Wei Ying's the only one that's able to do it. And mm. that's when Wen Ning reveals to him that the reason why you can unsheath that sword, you absolute douchebag, is because you've got Wei Ying's golden core inside of you. You absolute douchebag. Yeah, and he had no freaking idea. For we did. For years. Sixteen yeah. years, but we knew, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We knew from the very start, pretty much when it happened. When Wen spills his guts everywhere, he tells him everything. Yep. He says, "Waking lied about uh, Bao Shan San Ren healing him, and it mm. was actually Wen Qing who transferred Wei Wu Shan's golden core to him." Waking's golden yeah. core. When Ning reveals that the reason why he was forced to use the dark arts is because he had no golden core and no way to defend himself. Yeah. So he did all this for his brother and his brother hated him uh, for what he did, but didn't know the reason. So remind me, why do I love Zhang Chang so much? Because I have no clue. Because he looks like he's about to cry. Oh, he actually cries in that scene. That's a really good weep. Oh, God. And I just take, I absorb, like Wei Ying, I absorb all of that dark energy from Zhang Cheng, and I put those tears into my heart, and I'm, like, (laughs) (laughs) all-powerful. I need to, I need help. Please, come on, send me a psychiatrist. (laughs) It's going to get worse in season two. (laughs) Yep. Um... So Wen Ning just can't hold back. He just tells the truth, truth. He's just dropping truth bombs everywhere. Mm. He's like, you know, 
waking this, you did that, you're an asshole. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Lan Chan well, is like, Lan Chan is like, forget about this, Get everybody get in the boat and stop pissing about. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and Wen Ming says, uh, you know, Lan Chan, you better not tell Wei Ying what I said and don't spread around the fact that Jiang Cheng now knows the truth. Mm. Don't tell Wei Ying that. He doesn't want that to be known, you know? Yeah. So, next episode, we're in Jumping City. Lang yeah. Wang Ji, Wei Ying go in search for Jing Guang Yao. Exactly. They get to a temple, they go in. When Ning's outside, they go inside the temple, these two. And who do they bump into? Uh, little Jin Ling. Little Jin Ling, yes. And while they're looking at the entire area, they see the disciples from the Lan Ling Jin sect. Yeah. And Lan Chen is also there. Of course. And it's like, it's at this point that I'm shouting at the TV. Literally, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Get away from him. He is bad people. So they're in this temple and little, uh, uh, little Jin Ling is effectively taken sort of like captive, really. He's taken away. Yeah. He's captured. And Jin Guang Yao says, you better behave yourself or I'm going to have you killed. I don't even care if you're a Jin. I don't give a stuff. Mm. If you don't start, like, behaving yourself, you're dead too. And I am capable of doing everything. He turns into this megalomaniac, right? So he's, like, all-powerful. Yeah. Lan Chen reveals to Lan Zhan that he's been tricked into coming there and that his spiritual power has been sealed by um, uh, Jin Guang Yao. And I mm. just sort of think to myself, now we get to see your true colours, you absolute asshole. So oh, surely yeah. this now must make Jiang Cheng think, well, I've got no beef with that guy anymore. He is my brother and he did the most brotherly thing ever. Yeah. So I am literally going to come down and kick your ass <laughs> with my crew. But it doesn't yeah. really happen that way because no. throughout the whole process, Jin Guang Yao is just tricking people left, right, and center. Yeah, he takes just manipulates Yeah, he just manipulates all of them. And then Shu um, uh, Shu arrives with this unconscious Ni Hua Sang. And Ni Hua Sang, I don't even know how that guy became unconscious except for the fact that he's been attacked by. Sushu, mm. and this has got something to do with Jin Guangyao. So Jiang Cheng gets his way in and starts attacking Jin Guangyao, and everyone's like, "No, <laughs> don't attack him! He's an absolute psycho! Don't attack yep. him!" Um, but you know, Jiang Cheng, you can't tell him to do anything. It really just feel like all of these guys are either my husbands or ex-husbands, because I just feel like I know them so personally. I can say that Jiang Cheng is, without doubt, still a complete and utter asshole. <laughs> mm -hmm. But he is adorable. Um, Jiang Cheng's still deeply affected about what's happened with Wei Ying. Um, mm. And Jing Guangyao is, you know, 
knows of the situation and uses it to his advantage. So oh, yeah. he psychologically torments Jiang Cheng at this point for, for long enough to poison him. And then his spiritual powers are blocked. So who's left? <laughs> Wei Ying, Lan Shan, and I'm not even sure whether their spiritual powers are in full working order because um, because Jing Guangyao is such an a-hole. Yeah, I mean, this is this whole scene in the temple is just a big sort of like everyone is messing up or sort of trying to manipulate each other and sort of like take advantage of the situation. It's a big mess. But Wei Ying realizes that Zhang Cheng knows the truth. Mm. And he looks at Lan Zhan and Lan Zhan is like, I also know the truth. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, in that moment, if you've ever been in that moment, and I know I have at a time or two in my life where everybody knows the truth about something you have as a big secret, everybody knows it. And whether they know it because they l learnt that information by osmosis or whether somebody told them about it, you can't help but feel like a bit of your soul has just died. And that's the look on, on Wei Ying's face. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to say, he just looks absolutely destroyed. So those two have a moment. And Jiang Cheng is so apologetic about what has happened. Mm. But he does blame Wei Ying for what happened to his parents and to his sister. Because he can't help but put the boot in. This is just who yeah. Jiang Cheng is. <laughs> By the way, you still I've... killed my sister and you still killed my parents. Yeah, it's not like I'm, I'm never going to be able to take any of the blame myself. So I'm just going to put it on you. But the two do reconcile, don't they? And it's really yeah, nice. they do. Um, they discover a, a coffin inside the temple. Yeah, so starting Jing to uh, yeah. move suddenly, right? So yeah. that's how they discover it. And it's Ning Mingjue's body that's yeah. inside. And it's just such a weird sort of supernatural, <laughs> hyper-real moment. It feels like this part is sort of like almost when they were writing it or creating it, it feels like it's kind of rushed because it's n some of the stuff just, yeah, it doesn't feel like we get like a good explanation to why this kind of behavior would happen. But yeah. Jin Kwang Yao literally is a psycho though. And he has oh, yeah. this typical psycho trope about him where he's like the reason why i'm like this is because nobody ever gave me any respect nobody ever cared about yeah. me everybody hated me they all treated me like crap except for you lancy chen except mm. for you you're the only one that never made me feel inferior and so because of that i'm not going to kill you you can come over to my side it's such a tropey thing to do yeah. but lancy chen is like i don't even know what the hell is going on right now um <laughs> he so wants to believe he's a good guy but i mean <laughs> he he just have to face the fact that he's not a good guy he's who's who's the bigger himbo in this scene it's got to be lanzi chen oh yeah definitely 
and uh, Jin Guangyao and Sushi are getting ready to leave. Wei Ying talks about uh, Niming Jue coming back to haunt Jin Guangyao. Mm. And so he starts whistling a tune to control the tiger seal. Yep. And that gives Jin Guangyao hallucinations about the people he's killed because remember, Wei Ying is really powerful. Oh, yeah. Lancy Chen is able to to hold Jin Guangyao hostage as he as Wei Ying explains how he and Zhui Yang work together to forge another Stygian tiger seal using Zhui Yang's part of the Yin Iron. The mm. Jin Iron, sorry. And um and Lan Zichen says, I'm not angry with you, I'm just really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Which somehow is supposed to make him feel like it's like this it most. Works, it's like something a parent would say, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not angry with you. I'm just so disappointed that you would do Can't this. Disappointed. Yeah. Uh, and so Jin Kwan Yang. Yeah, he's like, down. he's like, I am pretty much fucking with all the clans and being an asshole and making sure everyone gets killed and stuff and. And then Lan Shishan is like, I'm disappointed in you. Like seriously, disappointed is, you can probably be a little bit more than disappointed at this point. Um, you know, Jin Kuang Yao kneels down to Lan Shishan and all kinds of things start going through my head, but actually he's doing it because he's begging for forgiveness. Yeah. As <laughs> opposed to doing anything <laughs> But that's what happened in my head, of course. Mm-hmm. Lancy Chen says, no, I'm not forgiving you. You've been a really bad person. The first question he asks is about his marriage to Chin Su. He asks why he married her, despite knowing that they were half-siblings. Mm. And Jin Kuang Yao says, I have no choice. If I didn't marry her, I'd have to answer to my dad and to her dad, who were close friends. And it's like, oh, God. Uh, yeah, this is just getting worse and worse. Oh, God. And also, Ching uh, Guangyao says that he really did love his half-sister, which kind of, in a sense, makes it worse. Yeah. Because he did but love then again, her. I mean, he... I don't know if, uh, if I would classify him as a sociopath or a psychopath, but he there is something just not right in his head. Like seriously wrong with this guy. Yeah, I think um, yeah, you're right. There is he is incredibly, incredibly unhinged. Mm. Yeah, absolutely to the max. Uh, unhinged. He needs, he needs help. Um, and Jing Guangyao reveals how he always tried to make Jing Guangshan proud of him, mm. and tried to become someone worthy for his father. And everything he ever done, has ever done, is to make his father proud. And that's such a cliche excuse, isn't it? But it is a massive cliche excuse, especially yeah. if you're a complete and utter sort of sociopath or psychopath. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I think that uh, his hatred towards Jin Zi Zhuan was because 
Jin Zixuan was loved by everybody and thought really highly of, but Jin Guangyao was never recognised and was left to do uh, Jin Guangshan's dirty work all the time. It made him jealous towards his his, uh, brother in inverted comment. Uh, that I can give him because he did. He was pretty much sort of almost treated like a servant. Mm. So. Yeah, of course. He always tried to make him proud of him, and he was he was always met with disappointment. And everyone's like, "Oh, right, okay, this is this is not going to kind of redeem you. This is not going to bring you back from the brink." Mm. But as Jing Guangyao holds Jingling hostage, Wen Ning comes in. Uh, with uh, Lan Zizhui and he's completely taken over with Niming Dre's sword and aimed it towards Jing Guan Yao. Yeah. Lan Chan and Lan Zichen used their musical instruments <laughs> tried to stop winning. <laughs> and now if you're listening to this podcast, you must be thinking to yourself, wait, use musical instruments? Yeah, they do. I mean, you've yeah. got to not forget that they're using the zither and the flute to do some serious damage on people or calm people down yeah um, exactly <laughs> it sounds funny but it that's how it is they're weapons as well yeah it's magical so it's not well, just i'm gonna play you a tune and you will fall asleep or something yeah being controlled by this sword though makes wending very dangerous oh yeah because naming dre's sword turns on Jin Ling mm. uh, because he's got Jin Guanshan's blood on him and Wei Ying steps in to stop it it stop, stops Wen Ning when Wen Ning is like able to control his body to stop attacking Jin Ling um, Jiang Chang and Jin Ling escape and so they manage to get away but Wei Ying Lan Chen, Lan Zhang, they have to work together to stop the sword from going berserk and controlling Wen Ning. Yeah. But there's a distraction and it causes them to lose concentration and the sword attacks Su Xi and kills him. And Wei Ying frees the sword from its like resentment by playing his flute, I think, doesn't he? Yeah, I think but, it's something like that. Yeah. And he puts the sword and the Stygian tiger seal in naming Dre's coffin and he seals it. Yeah. And he seals it with a talisman never to be broken. Meanwhile, Lanzi Chen is tending to Ni Huasang with his back turned to Jing Guan Chan. Ni Huasang suddenly blurts out for him to watch out and Lanzi Chen turns around and stabs Jing Guan Yao. He stabs the person who he's disappointed with and stabs the person who looked up to him the most probably out of everyone except for his brother and um, this is where i went woohoo <laughs> sorry yeah. i i really don't like jing Gaon yao so it's like finally he's getting some jing Kwang yao blames ni Sang for accusing him of doing something that made lanty chen stab him i mean he stays mm. alive for a really long time Oh yeah. Ni Sang de- denies the accusations, puts his fan up and says, I know nothing. <laughs> it was you that was suspicious all along. Lan Chen's caught in the middle. He yells at Jing Guangyao not to move. Jing Guangyao mm. feels remorse for what's happened with 
um, Lanzi Chen and laments that he's never treated Lanzi Chen wrongly or did anything bad to him, which I think Lanzi Chen accepts, really. Yeah. Uh, um, he's he's yeah. struggling all the way with uh, accepting that uh, that he's a bad guy, that Jing Yao Yao is a bad guy. He wants so badly for him to not be bad. Jing Kuang Yao's blood falls onto the Stygian tiger seal before he's mm -hmm. able to um, find its sort of place back in the coffin and the temple starts falling to pieces. Jing yep. Kuang Yao asks Lan Chen to stay with him and die together. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. As if Lan Chen's going to do that. Yeah, I mean, what were you thinking? Yeah. Why would you actually think that he would stay with you? He's not going to stay with you. You, you, you know, you're not even, you went off and married your half-sister. Why is Lanzi Chen even going to be interested in you at this point? And oh, you manipulated oh. and killed tons of people. Oh, I mean, absolutely. yeah, I don't know. So the temple falls apart and everybody mm. is like sat on the steps going, uh, <laughs> feeling depressed, uh, isn't it sad? But they're all free. In a sense, but I think the point is, is that they've got so much that they've got to put together. Yeah, um, Lance just Chen... so so much information that just sort yeah. of like got unveiled. So it's a lot probably to take in this whole situation in Temple. Lance Chen asked him whether Jin Guangyao was about to attack him from behind. Mm. And Ehuang Sang says nothing, which is really weird. Because I just think he could have said something, or Sang, he could have said, yeah. But he doesn't, he doesn't say anything, he just says, I don't know anything. Yeah. What a huh. So even in the end, he still knows nothing. Exactly. Everyone's happy to see everybody safe and sound. The bad guy is dead. People search around the temple. Wei Ying and Lan Zhang take that opportunity to go. Jin Ling searches for them, but Zhang Chen says, you won't be able to catch up to them, they're gone. And mm. Jin Ling's upset. Um, and Zhang Cheng sort of says, you know, I'm sorry, but you probably will never see him again. And Jin Ling says, well, you're not going to see him again either. Did you want to say something to him too? Zhang Cheng's like, hmm. And sort of says he doesn't have anything to say to him, to his brother, which he does. Yeah. He's got a lot to say to his exactly. brother. Exactly. He has tons. And we get this little flashback, don't we? Where Wei Wushan goes off to find herbs for uh, Zhang Yang Li. Mm. was going to be ambushed by the Zhishan Wen clan sect disciples and it was Zhang Cheng who rushed out to distract them and got caught and this was when Zhang Cheng's golden core was taken out by core melting hand yeah <laughs> and um, Lang Zhang and Wei Ying just on the road Lan Zishui and Wen Ning catch up to them, and Lan Zishui says, I am Wen Yuan, which yeah. causes Wei Ying to start tearing up and give a big <laughs> huggy. And Lan Zhan says, Yeah, 
it's the one thing that you hadn't told him, but yeah, that's yeah. our son. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so cute though that Lanshan sort it? of like took him in and had him in the sect and made sure he was okay, even though he was a Wen. Uh, yeah, he was from the Wen clan and, and spent uh, his childhood in the burial mounds. It's so Lanshan though. It is. It? Yeah. It's then, adorable. Then Wending says, I'm off as well. I'm going to go. I want to go back to Chisan because that's my place. That's where mm. I belong. And exactly. he he says, I'll do that after I've dropped off Lan Zishmi at Gusu. Where Ying mm. says, I'll go with you. But Wending says, no, go and do your own thing. I need to be my own guy, even though I'm the ghost general and I'm undead. I still need to go off and do my own thing. Well, I think it's kind of nice because as the ghost general, he can easily be just controlled. And yeah, it's nice to actually do his own thing when he's not needed. I mean, we'll talk about it in a minute, but just put it yeah. in your mind for a second. What do you think, like, I'm going to ask you this question a little bit. What do you think happens in a parallel universe to Wen Ning? Don't answer now, I'll ask you like at the end again. Mm-hmm. So we'll just wrap up what happens in the final episode here and um, Wei Wishan, uh, as he is, Wei Ying and Lan Zhan meet uh, Ni Hua Sang. Mm-hmm. And Wei Ying says, don't don't go down the path of evil like me. Mm-hmm. You will end up like Jing Guang Yao. And Ni Hua Sang leaves and Lan Zhan says, why didn't you question him about what happened with Jing Guang Yao? And Wei Ying says, it's not important anymore. Yeah. Just if he doesn't follow an evil path, he'll be fine. Mm. And then there's this really beautiful moment where Wei Ying and Lan Zhan say goodbye. Yeah, this is where I think everyone who watches this drama is like, what? Why? Yeah, I think it's a nice scene, but also I, I kind of think, Wait, you waited 16 years for him to come back from the dead. He's back from the dead now, and you're going to go your separate ways. What's up with you? Yeah, exactly. What just happened? Why do you... I, I just don't get this part. Um, Lan Wangji, Lan Zhang, says, you know, I'm, I'm off. And Wei Ying says, I'm also going to travel the world. And Lan Jan says, well, before you do, why don't you think about a name for that song that you played on your f- the flute that mm-hmm. uh, Lan Jan sang to you in the cave at Zhejiang? For the next time we meet, think about that. It's a little bit like me asking you what happened to Wen Ning in an alternate universe. Mm. So Wei Ying's playing his flute on the top of a mountain and then he hears Lan Jan call his name from behind. He turns around and he smiles. And that's the end. That's the end. So really, do you think they didn't say their goodbyes to each other? Yeah. I think I they think. got back together in the end. Yeah, totally. Of course. I mean, I just don't understand why they did the goodbyes first, because it's kind of obvious, at least if you see it from Lanchan's uh, view, he wouldn't say goodbye and just let Wei Ying go on an adventure on his own. No, it doesn't make sense. Lan Chen would definitely hold on. 
He's way too possessive and he loves the guy too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, a million percent, yeah. I want to know though, right? Like, just to go back to that question that I asked you before, what is Wending doing right now? Hmm. I think he's probably like, I don't know. I mean, he's probably not fighting. He's doing something. He's probably like a, a farmer or something. He's probably doing uh, helping people That's and and the, a million percent what I yeah. thought. He is a million percent for God's sakes running a farm somewhere. Yeah, he's probably uh, running a farm and helping his neighbors and he's being this super good guy and absolutely not sort of the evil ghost general that everyone thought he was. I mean, he's a sweet and innocent person. Deep down, he just, yeah, possessed with evil. Um, so there's a few little fun fact from the series i guess before going to the fun facts it really isn't much of a question because it's a stupid one but i'm gonna ask it anyway what did you think about the untamed <laughs> i mean <laughs> i love it and i love the book even more because in the book read the book by the way just read the book uh, you actually get some of the feelings from Lanshan and I love that part I love that he's slightly losing control a little bit more in the book and he's a little bit more sort of like that kind of struggle with his feeling and yeah I love it but then again I mean I'm probably a big Lanshan uh, fan <laughs> girl at this point I I'm, love and I'm a, I'm a Shan fan girl yeah so that's why you like, you even named the rabbit after him. I've named my pet rabbit after him. I love yeah. him so much. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's why you and I get along so well is because usually we like the same guys in every single drama that we watch. But actually, in this one particularly, it worked out quite well because, again, for the uninitiated, Dex and I are big friends and we talk to each other daily on our mm. little chat service discord um and dex lives in singapore i live in switzerland so there's a mm. huge time difference even right now as we speak but every thursday is lanjan day yeah so we make sure that we send each other lots of nice pictures of lanjan or even wang yibo hey i was at a meeting the other day i forgot to tell you this is sorry total side note i was in this meeting the other day and we were talking about um of whatever it was we were talking about at the meeting and one of the images that flashed up on the screen was Wang Yibo and I just shouted out at the top of my voice Wang Yibo and somebody said oh he's got a name I was like what? they said yeah we didn't know what he was called so oh my god Wang Yibo get out of here yeah they should have known so here's some fun facts so the scene where Alan Shan gives Wei Wushan a piggyback ride, Wei Ying a piggyback ride. They're both laughing at each other. This is them, they've broken character. So <laughs> go back and look at that scene because they're both laughing. Mm. Um, and it's not part of the 
the, the kind of the, the scene really. Now, there's something in tropes called Dawson casting, and it's usually where you hire actors for the fact that they look young, but actually they are old. Mm. So at around the time that The Untamed aired, the actors who played Lan Zizhui, Jin Ling, and Lan Jingyi are 20, 22, and 24. And the characters are only supposed to be 15 to 17 years old. And the same with Wang Yibo, who's in his early 20s when he's supposed to be playing a guy in his early to mid-30s. Yeah. He's played straight in the flashbacks, that's fine. But in the flashbacks, uh, Lan Jan is only a few years older than Wang Yibo's actual age during filming. So that's a whole, like, beef that hangs over, like a spectre um, at the feast or the elephant in the room is that everybody is sort of not the age that they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be, yeah. (laughs) It's all over Uh, the place. Oh, it gets worse, though, because the actress who plays Madame Yu, Mm. at the time of filming, was only 29, so she's only two years older than the actress playing her daughter, Xuan Nu, and her adopted son, Oh wow. Xiao Shan, yeah, who are both 26, 27 years old when filming. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I'm I sorry. Did not think the, that. To the person who plays Madame Yu, I can't help but think you look a bit older than you should. <laughs> so, that's yeah. Salty, isn't it? That's salty. Um, but that's another example of Dawson casting, isn't it? Um, mm. Wang Ying is supposed to be around 15 at the start of the series. And Jiang Yanli is only supposed to be a couple of years older, yet they are pretty old, 26, 27. The voices were redubbed for the series. This happens quite a lot in C-dramas. Mm. I don't think it's got anything to do with the fact that the actors have weak voices, because a lot of these actors are singers, they're yeah. theatre actors and the like. But the point is, is that when you do something that comes from Donghua and then goes into live action, if you've done a sort of anime or Donghua of this, then it's always a good idea to keep the voices of the actors who did the the anime version versus the people that do the live action. It's a good idea to keep that consistency mm. throughout. So that's why they recast the voices of Lan Zhan and Wei Ying as the voices from the anime. From the animated series. I keep saying anime, it's not anime. Animated series. <laughs> yeah. And that person is called uh, Bian Zhang. And he was also the voice director of the entire series. So he does the voice of Lan Zhang and he directed the voice in the entire series for all of the actors. When I first heard this, I was I was so surprised because I didn't know about this, and I was like, "What? It's it's all fake." I felt like because I didn't I hadn't seen the animated series before. Uh, I didn't know anything when I started watching Untamed for the first time. Besides that, I liked the music, and that's how I ended up watching it. Yeah. Well, I'm happy now, and I don't have a problem with that. Though that they didn't change the voices or a yeah so 
But it was, at the first glance, I was like, this is just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, also, be aware of the fact that everybody sings their own sort of theme tune in the series. Mm. That's cool. But then go and go onto YouTube and watch The Untamed Boys. I could, couldn't recommend it more. It's yeah. amazing. Definitely. <laughs> because the, the general nerves and fear that they have about singing their own songs is completely <laughs> eclipsed by how laid back Zhao Zhan, who plays Wei Ying, and Wang Yibo, who plays Lan Zhan, it's, they're eclipsed by how laid back those two are. Because <laughs> they're obviously mega stars in China, but these are the boys, you know, um, Wang Zuocheng, who plays Jiang Cheng, and uh, Yu Haiquan, who plays Lan Zichen, and Yu Bin, who plays Wen Ning. They're all a little bit nervous about singing their songs because they're not really singers. Yeah. It's not funny. Well, um, Paul Yu is, right? Isn't he? I think Paul Yu might be, yeah. Yeah, he might be. He's probably the one that's a little bit more secure because I do think he's in, or he was in one of the Chinese boy bands. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not super into that scene, so. Um, in the canon of Mo Dao Zhuji, Lan Zhan is taller than Wei Ying. Yeah. <laughs> Wang Yibo is a few centimeters shorter than Zhao Zhan. So he actually wears stacks in his shoes during the filming to make him appear taller. I totally recommend uh, Googling that because there are some really funny pictures of uh, Wang Yibo's uh, legs <laughs> with his shoes on on the internet. It's just hilarious. Yeah. It's like. So the- it, apparently it's very warm when you're filming with all these clothes so yeah they sort of like pull them up to the knees and then you see the the sort of tiny uh, legs stick out and with these weird shoes then that are sort of making him look taller i would always say when there are a bunch of boys like those boys on set that are struggling with the heat to probably take your clothes off of course you <laughs> You you actually did not know that I was going to uh, going to say that, so that's fine. Oh. Um, they did this one-off concert, which you can see on YouTube, called The Untamed Boys, and it was yep. uh, filmed in Nanjing, and it was a, a promotional event of The Untamed. It lasted for two days. Mm. Um, the majority of the cast appeared on the second day, and they gave their own performances to promote their characters, with the exception of the following. Uh, Zhu Zhangjin, who plays uh, Jin Guangyao, and mm. Wang Hua Xuan, who plays Zhu Yang. They watched from backstage when their characters' theme songs were performed on stage. And a few fans speculated that this was because they were the only actors that weren't affiliated with the company that sponsored the concert. So they were sidelined from the entire situation. That's very interesting, isn't it? But that's an incredibly normal... <laughs> modus operandi in Southeast Asia. There is a lot of territorial behaviour around who is your manager, who is Mm. the sponsor, who is this. And so that's one of the reasons I think sometimes when people get cancelled that it's such a really big thing 
because there is a lot of uh, currency and investment that's riding upon it. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but still not in a way, because, yeah, I've been dealing a little bit with, like, China and know a little bit about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, I can't say that I'm super surprised about this. So, little Wei Ying is afraid of dogs. But in the scenes where fairies chasing the uh, Wei Ying, mm. they had a real hard time getting that dog to chase Xiao Zhan because he's so beautiful, you see. <laughs> so they had to give the dog loads of sausages to get him to chase after Xiao Zhan. Yeah. As Wei Ying, which is quite cute, isn't it? Because yeah. that that husky had decided pretty quickly that dude's hot. I'm not chasing him. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> and here's like something really amazing. The girl who plays um, Zhang Yanli was actually a massive, massive fan of Mo Daozuji before oh. she got cast as Zhang Yanli. So Zhuan Liu was already a massive fan. And so she just got her just desserts, didn't she? She got to yeah. be in the series that she loves. Um, Pretty respect. amazing. Yeah. So some of the voice actors from the Donghua and the audio drama adaptations of Mao Daozuji actually returned in the live action adaptation to dub over the actors. Mm. Um, other voice actors from either of the adaptations also lend their voices in The Untamed. They're, they're playing characters that they've previously voiced. Um, mm. Sorry, that they've not previously voiced. Oh. So, for example, Wang Kai voices the Zhang Cheng. Oh. And um, okay. Su Changqing voices Jing Zhuangguao. And Chen Zhang uh, Tai Kang voices uh, Zhao Xincheng. Yu mm. Sang Yu voices Shiva Yang. And Liu Kong voices Wen Rohan. And Zhao Yi voices Ni Ming Jue. And so oh. that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because they play different characters in the mm. audio. Um, Feels a bit or, confusing, or, though. It is quite confusing, isn't it? But in the Japanese version, the two voices that did Zhang Cheng and Lan Ji Chen mm. um, returned to voice the same characters in the Japanese dub version of the live-action drama. Cool. Mm. Now, here's a big thing that you probably never knew. Although they were cast as either uncle or nephew or father and son, the resemblance, resemblance between actors Qi Pai Jin, Zhu Zhang Jin, and Kao Zhu Chen is so uncanny that given their ages in real life, you'd expect them all to be long lost brothers. Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, Ji Li, who plays Ni Hua Sang, and Wang Yi who plays Ni Ming Jue, have such similar facial features that from their appearance alone, they could convince any unknowing passerby that they really were brothers. That's interesting because I never really noticed that. Me neither, really. <laughs> oh god. Oh uh, yeah. However, what is true is that the Untamed pretty much put Zhao Zhan and Wang Yibo into the special area of the highest-rated actors in China in 2019. 
Yeah. I mean, no one is shocked about that, really. Here's some cute things. Oh, sorry. Yep. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it became such a big hit. So both within China and outside of China. So I can believe it. Mm. They were already famous before that, right? But I yeah. mean, this just, this just pushed them into world domination. And I mean, Wan Jibo was also famous in, in like Korea because of his uh, K-pop uh, stuff that he did. So His credentials, yeah, mm -hmm. in a K-pop band. Um, in a recent interview at the time of of the um, broadcast of The Untamed, we discovered some cast members' mannerisms that made it into the show. Zhang Cheng is a natural eye roller, apparently. It wasn't directed by the director, he just did it because that's what he does. He is a natural yeah. eye roller, he said, which is quite cute. And I'm laughing and, because I just realized how much he actually do it in in the. Does it a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lan Jingyi says that the, the character Lan Jingyi says that when he dropped his chicken wing, it was something that he and Lan Si uh, Zhui's actor these two actors claimed it happened as a coincidence but they thought it'd be funny so it was kept in the final cut <laughs> and um ni hua sang his actor which is uh Jili, he was told to just dust off jin guang yao's hat but he accidentally touched the blood on it and the director liked that so much that he filmed an extra scene of ni hua sang looking at the blood on his hand that made it into the final cut <laughs> oh really Here's the things that didn't make it into the final cut. The series was supposed to originally have featured much more of a heavy romance between Wei Ying and Wen Qing. But after a severe backlash, as you said earlier, from the fans, the script yeah. was completely rewritten. Thank and, God. Yeah, thank God. I mean, seriously. And then finally, um, Xiao Zhan, Song Ji Yang, Wang Zhuo Cheng, Chi Li, Guo Cheng, and Chi Pai Xing originally auditioned for the role of Xue Yang. <laughs> they were cast instead as yeah. Wei Bishan, Wei Ying, uh, Xiao Xing Chen, Xing Chen, and Zhang Chen. Ni Hua uh, Shang, Lang Jingji, and Jing Ling, respectively. Though <laughs> Song Ji Yang managed to briefly play. Xue Yang when he was pretending to be Zhao Jingchen. So that's Oh god. Good. Yeah. I thought Song Jiang actually is pretty like underrated. He's really beautiful and mm. he should be in more things. Um Zhu Uh Jing, Yu Bin, Kao Yu Chen, they auditioned to play Lan Zishui. Ni Huazang and Lan Jicheng, respectively, and they were ultimately chosen to play Jin Guan, uh, Guangyao, Wenning, and Jin uh, Zhijuan, uh, Zhuan. My Chinese pronunciation now is taking a bit of a beating. I'm doing pretty well, though, I think. So yeah, I'm yeah. yeah. No, it's not that. It's more like I w what I was giggling about is, is like all these people auditioning for different roles and then the sort of uh, the people casting is like, no, let's just scramble them over to 
other parts. That's how it sort of uh, sounds like. It's like, oh, we have all these guys, but no, they fit in different roles. Um, so, yeah. The filming crew had originally planned for Wang Hua Xuan to wear fangs because Shuei Yang has got canine teeth, as is described in the book. Yeah. But they scrapped that idea because he ended up looking too vampiric and it got in the way when the actor was speaking his lines, so they got rid of them. Can you imagine? He'd make such a good vampire as well. Yeah, so totally. And does it really matter that he gets in the way when he's speaking his line if they're going to dub, um, uh, dub over him anyway? What's yeah, that he dubbed over? Um, yeah, he was dubbed over, but I think the problem is, is like the dubbing... <laughs> really affects the kind of movement of the mouth as well as uh, like, yeah. if you're trying to fight over if you're sort of talking yeah. it can be sort of quite difficult to dub over that can't it so I think that's why <laughs> my final bit of goss unless you've got a little bit of backstreet goss as well uh, that's really weird according to um, Zhu Zhangjin who plays uh, Jin Guangyao. The Fatal Journey was originally going to be about the venerated triad, but that idea was scrapped because any plot that they had in mind was too large to be covered by a movie's runtime length. So Fatal Journey is just Fatal Journey. Hmm. Hmm. So some untold stories there, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that you would not have really known about. Um, so that's it. The Untamed is over. Yeah. And I have to say that I'm never going to stop, ever going to stop watching Untamed. The Untamed. Yeah. So forget about that for a start. And if you want, if you guys who listen and haven't listened to the soundtrack or read the book, go and do that right now. Yeah. That's all exactly. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You so, don't get the full experience without having both of those also, besides the drama. Could not agree more. Um, it's absolutely brilliant from start to finish and I just love watching it. And I love looking at faces of people who get into the Untamed for the first time because they're just like, oh my God, who are yeah. these beautiful boys? It's so amazing. But the fun part is everyone is like, what is this drama? Uh, they go in with that kind of attitude it's like slightly skeptic not really sure about it and then everyone comes out going like this is the best ever Mm. so yeah Mm. (laughs) I love how that that effect it has on everyone it's like it's you can't hate Untamed it's just good yeah and so we say goodbye to the Untamed but we say hello to next week's episode and tell us, Dex, what are we going to be talking about next week? Oh my god, we're going to talk about my probably all-time favourite bad boy. We're going to talk about Moon Lovers, Scarlet Heart Rayo, and yeah, Wang So is... is no spoilers. He's the best. He's the He's best. That, I that say yes, I just sort of like been uh, totally loving Lanshan for like the last, what is it now? Two hours almost? We talk way too much. 
oh my god i've got to edit all of this down <laughs> but anyway um you can always catch up on the latest and greatest of what's happening with kissing without lips on our twitter it is simply at kwl underscore podcast and this yeah. allows me to say thank you to the lovely dex for being my companion on this incredible journey with my donkey called apple <laughs> well thank you <laughs> uh, um, thanks to everybody who tunes in to our podcast we really 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 appreciate it yeah absolutely it's so good to have you aboard and uh I mean, we're a couple of episodes away from the end of season one, and I feel like I could just go on forever. So if you guys have anything that you want us to uh, watch and talk about in season two, please leave a note on the Twitter. I mean, message us. We would love to hear what you guys like. Absolutely. So on that note, come back next week and we will be talking about Moon Lovers, oh yeah. yeah. And contact us at, at kwl underscore podcast on Twitter and download our podcast where all good pods are casted. Thank you very much and goodbye. Thank you.